contains that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, this is Jesus speaking. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Or every day is going to have circumstances that you will have to deal with. But in terms of prioritization, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And so for a few moments tonight, I want to speak on seeking the first. Seeking the first. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your word. We ask that you would direct us tonight. We give to you thanks and we ask all these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The perspective in this passage of Scripture is interesting because Jesus and the disciples are having a conversation in Matthew chapter 6, and they are worried about what they're going to eat. They're worried about what they're going to wear, the raiment, the clothes that they wear, what they're going to drink. They're concerned about all of those things in the latter part of chapter number 6. And Jesus responds to them and talks about the birds that he has the power and control of. The fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Amen. Jesus was telling them everything will be taken care of because I am your God, and I will be responsible for you. I'll go with you, so take no thought for your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and for your body, what you shall put on, amen. All of those things are secondary to what is primary, and what is primary is I am sending you out to do the work of God. Ladies and gentlemen here tonight, I want to tell you that there is nothing greater than being involved in the work of God. It is primary, and there is nothing greater than that. And so he establishes in this passage of Scripture that seeking the first is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Paul, talking about this in Romans chapter number 8, verse 18, says it a little differently, but he says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Paul's talking about creatures and the creation. And he's saying the earnest expectation of the creature is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The sons of God is you and the sons of God is me. Whether you're a son or you're a daughter, you are the people of the kingdom of God. And the earnest expectation is that the creature is waiting for that manifestation. 
We must manifest the kingdom of God to everybody. We must manifest the anointing of God to every creature that is waiting, earnestly waiting for it. And so it's our responsibility and our opportunity, hallelujah, to reach out to creatures. Interesting play on words. But individuals who are hungry for an anointing of God and a move of God in their life, they are waiting on you and they're waiting on me. I want to step in line, raise my hand and say, God, I want you to use me to be a manifestation in the city of Bakersfield that there is anointing and power and strength and that there is a testimony to a creature somewhere that needs a change in their life. Paul said it's not only the creatures, but even the creation is groaning and travailing for a redemption. I believe our world is ripe for a redemption. I believe our world is ripe for a change, which means that God is interested in taking a world that is in decay and redeeming it for his glory. That God is looking for an individual in the house of God, out of the house of God, who finds themselves in decay that he can redeem and lift them out of the sin and morass that they are in. Thanks be to God that God reached out and saved me and redeemed me from my situation. I was earnestly waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God and the power of God to touch my life. Anybody thankful here tonight that you're sitting on a pew and God has given you a great opportunity. His spirit is in you. His anointing is on you. And he's called you to a greater redemption. Hallelujah. He has redeemed you, Brother Jonathan Lopez. He has redeemed you to greater things. And the whole world is interested in that redemption. God desires. This is his scope. This is the nature and the scope of God's work. He desires to rescue the world from its decay and its suffering. Amen. If we really believe that, it's going to have an impact on the way that we live our lives. Amen. It's going to have an impact on the way that you talk to others. If God has really done something for you, you should not be intimidated to talk to anybody about the goodness of God. There should be no reason that you hang your head down and that you feel an attitude of being ashamed. No, God has done great things in your life, and there's nobody like Jesus, and none other but Jesus could have done the things that transformed and changed your world. Pray. God. Somebody has a testimony. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You need to unleash a testimony. You need to unleash an anointing. Not with just what you say, but when you're walking down halls and individuals are looking at you, you're unleashing a testimony of God's goodness and God's greatness. It may bring persecution upon you, but you lift your head up and you hold your head high and say my redemption is coming nigh and not only my redemption but the whole world is seeking the same redemption and it can only be found in Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith let's clap our hands and thank the Lord together for his goodness 
So when somebody says, we are going to heaven, what are you doing? I'm going to heaven. It's an important hope that is understood by our own bodies and the earth as well, that God is going to do a great thing. God is going to take this mortal body and put on immortality. He's going to swallow up death, hell, and the grave. He's conquered it, but there's coming a day that he's going to wrap everything up in a total redemption from fallenness to a total redemption, from total depravity to a total renewing. And on the way to that particular day, I want to testify and take somebody with me. Amen. I want somebody else to know that you can be ready for that day when it's when it comes because it is coming it is coming it is rushing quickly to face us I want to be ready in the house of God I want to be on fire for God I want to experience a move of God can I get a witness here tonight we need to be on revival mode praise God we need to be looking for opportunities Hallelujah. Amen. What is important about this is everything does not revolve around us. It revolves seeking the first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything revolves around the kingdom of God. It does not revolve around us. We need to be very, very careful that we don't pretend that church is something that just caters to us. The reason why you're here is God called you to be used in his kingdom. Amen. I, I want to say this very emphatically. If you're not doing something, you need to do something. You need to grab a hold of something. I don't care what it is. It can be something menial, but you need to take ownership of something. When you're not doing anything, you're in a very terrible, terrible place. Amen. And you'll start, you'll start skewing everything. But when you take ownership of something, when you take ownership of this thing called the kingdom of God, amen, and the work of the kingdom of God, it is putting your hands on it and saying, I'm going to take ownership. Some of you step out of the pew during worship and you walk to this front. You know what that tells me? That tells me you're taking ownership of a piece of property up here because you're interested in creating a manifestation of the sons of God, which is an anointing. I appreciate that. I'd like to see more of that. That makes me feel really good when people just step out and say, we made a divine appointment to come here to lift up the name that's above every name. So let's not waste time. Let's get right to it. And let's let God do what God wants to do among his people and those that are in the influence of those people worshiping him. Now is the time when God seeks such to worship him. You know who he's seeking? He's seeking those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. You need the word and you need the Holy Ghost. Both of them work together. Together, and when both are working together, God is in the midst of them. Amen. Everything does not revolve around us. Everything revolves around him and what he is doing. The night sky has been a subject of human curiosity from the earliest civilization on earth, from the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the Greeks, all had a fascination for the celestial objects, and the elite of the intellectuals built theories to try to explain the miracles of the heavens. A 
earlier they were accepted to be from the gods in ancient times. And later the explanation took a more logical and scientific forms. But it was not until the Greeks and the Greek civilization, the Hellenistic culture and influence, that proper theories about the earth and the rotation of the planets emerged. And two of those particular models were known as heliocentric and geocentric. And they became two explanations for the arrangement of the universe, including the solar system. The geocentric model says that the earth is at the center of the cosmos or universe and the planets, the sun and the moon and the stars circle around it. And yet the early heliocentric models considered the sun as the center and the planets revolve around the sun. Amen. I just want to say by way of illustration in that, that in this discussion, the S-O-N is the center of everything. It is not us. Amen. It's all about him. <laughs> it is all about him. Spiritual geocentrism all becomes about me and what can everyone do for me. But the church is the salt of the earth. The church has a job and we don't operate by the world's methodology. But the earth waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. We evolve around the son of God. We evolve around what God is doing and the manifestation of what God is doing. Praise God. It's not about our uh, idiosyncrasies and all of the things that become self-centered. Our world is full of self-centeredness. It was the same in Jesus' day, but he had to break the disciples away from being being self-centered to seeing that I'm sending you out on a mission. You got a work of God to do. Don't worry about secondary things. Worry about the primary things. Ladies and gentlemen in the house of God tonight, I know you've got to make a living, but your job is secondary to your primary purpose. Your education is secondary to your primary purpose. Hallelujah. The goals that you've established are secondary to your primary purpose. Your primary purpose is I am involved in the work of the kingdom of God. Praise God. I am a son of God and God has called me to do the first thing and the first priority is to be involved in working in the kingdom of God. If you're doing something, you need to be thankful because that's where you get your purpose. You get your purpose from doing something that is valuable. We live in a society where people have no purpose. When you have no purpose, you have chaos in the streets. But when you have purpose, you've got a reason for living. You've got a reason for reaching. You've got a reason for teaching. You've got a reason for preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. God has called you to a destiny. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. And so the earth waits for the manifestation of the church. The church is the earth's means of salvation. The means of salvation come through the body. They come through the church, the grace of God. 
Amen. The grace of God operates through the body, through the death of Jesus Christ in our place and on our behalf. And through faith, there is an operation of the kingdom of God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 1, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which you are saved, if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Here it is. This is the gospel. I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, that he was seen of Cephas and then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present and some are fallen asleep. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's where you take people first. That's the good news. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. And we identify with that gospel through repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. This is the operation and the means of salvation to a world. The Holy Ghost gives me the ability and the power to enact and to make perfect my faith. I have a mandate. Praise God. It says you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you will be witnesses both in Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. The Holy Ghost is given to me as a powerful tool to enact that mandate. The Holy Ghost is not given to you just to make you feel good. The Holy Ghost is not given to you just so that you can say, I am saved. The Holy Ghost is given to you so that there is power in you to do the work of the kingdom. Praise God. The manifestation of God's realm, God's ability. We don't operate on the earthly realm. We operate in jobs and all of that. But we operate on a greater realm. We operate from a heavenly realm. This is why we don't follow the dictates of the world. There are some things that we just refuse to do. And that's okay. We have every right to do that. Because we want to be aligned with the kingdom that is greater than the kingdoms of this world. Every church that has fallen prey to the kingdoms of this world, they are closing their doors. We've got to make sure there's a razor sharp edge about the gospel and the kingdom that is greater than this world. Sunday school is a battle about the kingdom that is greater than this world. Youth ministry is an emphatic de declaration that we're not serving the idols of this world. We're following after Jesus Christ, the king of the kingdom. Couples and families that are staying together, raising their children in the house of God are making a declaration in the face of a world that's trying to tear down the fabric of society. And they are saying, we're standing upon a cornerstone and we value what God implemented as the fabric and the glue of society. Everything we do in the church is a declaration of war against the enemy that would like to tear down everything that has to do with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, but the violent taketh it by force. You're making a declaration right now when you stand to your feet because what you're saying is, I'm aligning myself I'm aligning myself with the power of God.
said there's an emphasis on the Holy Ghost that you need to do your job. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and point at them nicely and say, you've got a job. You've got a job in the kingdom. And Paul said this job that you have, the Holy Ghost, is to help you because you're not going to get things done in carnality. And you're not going to get things done in the flesh. But if you can walk after the spirit and the law of the spirit that is in Christ Jesus, you can be free from the law of sin and death. Those that are carnal are in the flesh. And people that are carnal cannot please God. Whether you're carnal or I'm carnal, we cannot please God in our carnality. Praise God. You need to get the makeup off your face and get the stuff out of your hair and the bling bling off your hands and say, I've got a job to do and I want to send the world the right message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. And I say that not to beat you over the head. If you're on your walk with God and you're getting closer to God, I'm encouraging you to understand. You may be walking away from some trappings of the world that makes you comfortable. Praise God. But know this. God's got a higher calling and a higher office and a greater job for you to do. And God can use you. He can absolutely use you in the community that you're in, in the family that you're in. There's a world waiting for the manifestation of you to come forth. Amen. I don't say that stuff very much. And I don't even know why I said it here. It must be just something God dropped in my head. You need to dress like a man and be modest. You need to dress like a woman and dress godly and know that that's probably going to bring some persecution because people are, are dressing and doing however they want, defining however they want. But we're not defined by all of that. We're defined by the word of God. That's, that's my definition. And because I am a worker in the kingdom, I want to make sure that I am giving forth to the world a proper manifestation, not a mixed signal, but a very clear, resounding signal, not an ugly signal, not a critical signal, but a signal of hope and power and thankfulness that there is an apostolic message that is still valued in the world. And I believe enough for some people to say, that's what I've been looking for. Where have you people been? I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of, of, of the facade and, and that which is fake. I want something real. A spirit-driven active faith is a response to God. I do what I do because there is a response or it's the action that faith produces. And my faith opens the door to receive from God the Holy Ghost, which enables me to put my faith in action. And this is what James was trying to say in James chapter 2 and verse number seven, 17 when he said, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. There's some that, that talk about justification of faith as if because you say something and that justification of faith is going to produce a certain morality in you and it's just going to happen instantaneously. It doesn't happen that way. 
We are justified by faith based on what Jesus has done. That doesn't make us moral or immoral. That's something we have to work on. <laughs> Praise God. This is a, what I just said there is a major, major uh, uh, attack against a common misconception that justification by faith, there is nothing you can do. God just does all. You don't have to change anything. You just are, and God takes care of the district. And somehow by osmosis, you're covered, even though you're not doing what you should be doing. This is not biblical, ladies and gentlemen. God justifies us based on his own action. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. It was based on what he did. And that doesn't make me a moral or an immoral person. My faith in what he has done allows me to produce a faith of action to work on my own self, to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And so I'm justified based on how big and great God is. But there are things on this earth that I've got to take every single day and I've got to work on that all of us have to work on. It just doesn't happen. And this is one of the dangers of modern Christianity and it's one of their death blows because young people, millennials are looking around and saying, well, wait a minute, if everybody's doing everything, as a matter of fact, there's somebody in this church that came from a church here in town, uh, some certain structure that goes over some water. That's their name. And that person came to this church, it came into contact with another young person and said, if this is if this is what church is like and is all about, I don't want anything to do with this. And they came into contact with an apostolic young person and they said, would it be possible for me to go to your winter fire camp? I want to go. And, and so calls were made. I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't know who she is. I don't know what the connection is. And, and so finally we said, you know what? Okay, whatever. We'll see what happens. And she went to camp. And she got the Holy Ghost. And she came here. And she's living for God. And she's on fire for God. And she's singing. And her name is Sister Sydney because God has done great things. Hey, we, we don't need to lower the bar. We need to say, God, help us raise the bar so that I can work on myself. Justification by faith and nothing you can do becomes problematic because it suggests that somehow there's imputation of righteousness that makes a moral change. And no matter what I do, I'm righteous and there's no effort to change. That is that is not what the gospel the gospel is about. What I beseech you, brethren, therefore. Brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. The whole gospel is about transformation. <laughs> the, the whole message is about change. The whole message is about getting out of my situation and myself and becoming more like him. The case against us is great, great. We have all sinned. There is not one that is good. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Musicians, if you come. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man 
Some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. The court case against us is great. But Jesus rules on our behalf and changes our status. He changes our status. And I'm here to tell you here tonight, he's the judge, right? And he says, Bryson Rodriguez, you are righteous. When in fact, you don't deserve that status change. But it's because of his righteousness and his goodness. I don't deserve to be here, do you? Jesus says, he's righteous based on what I have done. And, and because of that change, it makes me so very, very happy and appreciative because I know I don't deserve it. And it produces action in me to say, God, I want to be what you want me to be. Man, some of your status was not good, ladies and gentlemen. But God, who is rich in mercy, changed everything. And you sit here tonight renewed in your mind and in your ability to say thanks be to God that gives the victory. I think we need to lift our hands right now and thank God. Praise God. God, I know I shouldn't be here, but because of what you richly have done, you've given me opportunity. And this is why I serve you and this is why I worship you. You'll serve God greater when you realize how much he's forgiven you. Praise God. If you're really, really good and you haven't done a whole lot, there's not a whole lot of skin in the game, as it were. But if you're a sinner like I was, you know that there was a, there was a long list of things that would have been judgment against me. But God said, hallelujah, I'm going to change the status. I'm going to make you righteous. Not because you got any righteousness. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. But I'm going to put a new robe of righteousness on you. I'm going to give you a new opportunity. I'm going to give you a hope. And because of that, I worship God and give him everything I've got because I recognize how far he's brought me. Praise God. Amen. It's about him. It's about him. Amen. Everything that we do is about seeking the first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything that we do is about seeking the first. And we have a saying here. We say that we are Greater Bakersfield's First Pentecostal Church, FPC. And F stands for following, and P stands for proclaiming, and C stands for celebrating and there's some thought in that that little guy that you see right there is not just somebody that thought they'd get cute with a little bit of artwork but that was intentional because it describes the 
celebrating on the far right side is usually how a lot of people come. They come because somebody invited them. They come because it's a presentation. They come because it's it's praise and worship. They come. They come for a lot of reasons. Somebody invited them to the house of God. And so when they come, they come to celebrate. <clears throat> and so everything that we do is centered around the celebration, the celebration of service, the celebration of choir. It's all wrapped together. It's in worship and music and ministry. So people come in, celebrate. And then our goal as a church body and a ministerial staff and every ministry that we are involved in is to see them go beyond just the celebrating. And sometimes people get stuck on just the celebrating. They, <laughs> they enjoy the celebration. They enjoy the anointing of God and the power of God. And we don't run them off. Amen. We, we pray and hope that when they're around us long enough, that they, they see that there's something worth on this left side, worth following. Following is discipleship. It means changing some things in my life to get involved in the work of the kingdom and do the work of the kingdom, to get involved in the ministry. So it's celebrating, it's following, and it is proclaiming that eventually someone celebrates and then they start following, but then they get to the point where they start proclaiming. What are they proclaiming? Sister Sandy, what, what were you proclaiming? I came to a I came to a tent meeting because I went to school with a girl named Shelby. And and we've always been friends high school and she invited me to a tent meeting. And I thought you all were nuts. I didn't think there was anything to that Holy Ghost business. But Brother Poindexter preached and the Holy Ghost fell. And you realized, oh, my word, there's something that I've been missing out on. <laughs> Changed her entire world and her thinking. It was a celebration. It was a tent service. It was hot. It was smoky. But it was still a celebration. Amen. And then she started coming to church and then Bible studies. And then she's been going to elements and she went through all this stuff in the process of trying to follow. I, I, I want to be, I want to be like, I, I want to change some things. I've lived my whole life in a lot of stuff, right, sis? A lot of stuff and a lot of confusion. And, and I want to live my life. I, I want to live right. I, this, this is all about me. And I, I want to know as much as I can about. And I don't want to say too much because it's her personal testimony. But she went through some horrific, abusive situations that has caused a fracturing and all kinds of situations in her life. But <laughs> the other day, she sent me a text and said, you would never believe what I just did. The person that was abusive and all of that, I sat down and taught him a Bible study. <laughs> I wasn't just somebody cute saying, hey, we'll put together some kind of funny looking man and we'll stick it on stuff. No, that's talking about celebrating, falling and proclaiming. And you see it in the lives of individuals that start now. Sister Rena, start proclaiming God's goodness. Hallelujah. That start. It's all about the work of the kingdom. It's all about the work of the kingdom. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. You know what happens to people sometimes? They're trying to pursue the secondary things so much that they don't do a good job on the primary thing. The primary thing is to be faithful to the house of God. The primary thing is to be consistent in the house of God. The primary thing is to do the work of God. And everything that you're pursuing all falls into place. If you keep the main thing, the main thing. Man, I've seen situations where it goes sideways real, qu real quick and people get their eyes off seeking the first. As we stand together in this place tonight, amen. Let's recenter our thinking. Amen. Let's recenter our thinking in a time in which we are in. Amen. Let's anchor ourselves in what really, really matters. And what really matters is the work of God's kingdom. Praise God. Praise God. Did you know there's people in this church that are in this church through Kitty Corral? Because Kitty Corral's been a great blessing in this child and what have you, but ultimately it's an opportunity to invite somebody to the house of God. Did you know that there are a lot of people in this city that have passed through Bethel Apostolic Academy through the years? A lot. As a matter of fact, just recently, one brought his girls with him. He doesn't live here. He lives out of state, but he showed up at the office with three girls in tow, and he said, is it okay if I just walk through here and show them this is where I went to school. Do you have any desire to go back to your old elementary school and walk through that? I, I don't. But apparently, those years were connected and associated to something that he's never forgotten. And I just want to walk around here and show my daughters this, this is where I went to school. Everything that we do, if you're involved in Sunday school and T-Rocket ministry, I mean, you talk about, you talk about where rubber meets the road. What's the first thing about T-Rockets? Is it, is it about bringing them in and feeding them? No, it's about bringing them in and loving them so that they can understand that the kingdom of God and his righteousness is greater than that chaos that you're living in at home. And if just for a few moments on this piece of property, heaven can come down onto earth, for a few moments, there might be an individual by the name of Jamal. It just so happens he's still here because of an impact somebody had on his life. This stuff matters. It matters. It matters. Praise God. The singers and the musicians, did you know that every single week they practice on Wednesday night, they put forth effort and intention. They're not just coming to sing and, and, and goof off. You know why? They're, you know what? They're, they're trying to usher us into atmospheres where the Holy Ghost breaks out and people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost because there's an atmosphere of God's anointing to move. Everything that we do is connected to seeking the first. Amen. As they sing together tonight, and as we stand in the house of God, praise God. Let's pray a prayer tonight. And ask, I will be what you ask call God to help me us. To be. <laughs>